0: this is a holy baptist church podcast bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome lives are changing and jesus is king thanks for listening with us today we would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us but for now we pray you enjoy listening for what god has in store for you in this episode and that it helps change your life for the better in jesus name
1: enjoy morning,
2: morning. oh morning. look at that yeah. morning.
1: synchronized morning <laughs>
2: Oh. Uh, welcome to holy baptist church uh online um i'm helen i'm martin and we're going to be uh, guiding you through this beginning bit of the service um before we hand over to ian um who's later on going to be speaking uh, in our next in our fruitfulness on the front line number
1: six in fruitfulness on the front line
2: number six yes there we go number six um it's been a great series so far i've really enjoyed it yeah um i mean you sort of have to say that because it's your series and um, well it's, you, you've spoken most of them
1: <laughs> i have done most of them but it comes from a, a london institute of contemporary christianity so We're we like didn't them. make this up and yeah fruitless on the front lines this idea that we have a front line that god's placed us on where we can shine brightly actually that was the oh. topic of last week's sermon. if you missed it you can catch
2: up you can catch up on either our youtube or on wherever you get your podcasts from yeah not, i
1: actually personally prefer podcasts
2: yeah so, do so I. I can
1: walk the dogs and listen to them at the same time as i'm
2: driving to work yeah my podcast um but this week ian's going to be speaking to us on mouthpiece for truth and justice and um, so if you're ever not sure what to say in a sticky situation or you see something like oh should i say something about like that mm. how should i do that blah, 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 then keep listening <laughs> and um ian's going to give us a bit of info about that Yeah. But we're going to watch a quick video uh, as a bit of an intro into what the series is all about.
1: Hearts soften. Wounds heal. People set free. Home, school, work, a nation changed. Day by day.
0: Thank you, Jesus, for Ian. Thank you for his willingness to share with us and to make himself vulnerable. And we pray that in his vulnerability, Lord, you would just bless all those who see and hear him. Lord, open our hearts, open our ears to hear and understand and be transformed by the message that you've given him today. Fill him with your spirit um, and help him build your kingdom by what he does. Amen. 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 Thanks, Ian.
3: Uh, good morning to uh, those on the uh, screen, two, those online, uh, those who will catch up will be watching us in the future. We all back on the... i on Yeah, there we go. All right, okay. Okay, so welcome everyone, and um, as Daz just said, we're following a series, and uh, that series is from from the book by Mark Green, Fruitfulness on the Front Line, so that we can be God's witnesses, we can be effective in sharing the gospel on our front lines, wherever that may be, wherever God has placed us, and just as a reminder, because I always need a reminder, I think... We're told that we need to be reminded of things five times before it sinks in. Linda will tell you with me, that's 100 and it still doesn't go in. So previously in this series, we've looked at four ways in which we might be fruitful on the front line. Modelling godly character. So that is that we might live the fruit of the Spirit through tough times and through great times. When we're happy, when we're sad, people see Jesus in us. Making good work, what we do and how we do it, that we're working conscientiously for our Lord, for God. And thirdly, ministering grace and love, showing care and kindness and God's love in our everyday situations. Moulding the culture around us. We looked at that last week. What could be done differently so that people can grow and flourish and be who God created them? To be and i hope that as we've looked at this series you've become more aware of how you can be fruitful on your front line as the spirit prompts you to those areas where you can be him in the place that god has put you and as we come to this session we're going to be talking about being a mouthpiece for truth and justice about being the kind of people who know when to speak up, who know when something needs to be said and done. And in his book, Mark Green tells a story. tells a story about a guy called Jeremy. And Jeremy had been made redundant after working for 10 years um, with a company, a leading property company. And it was a good company, it was held in high esteem. And he and his boss were made redundant. And his boss managed to find another job. And his boss came to him and said, actually, I found a job, and there's a job for you here as well. And much to his dismay, Jeremy said no. Um, Jeremy had a family, so he had responsibilities. So, like all of us, he needed to keep the income coming in to keep a roof over his head. But he said no. Interesting, isn't it, that Jeremy wasn't going to grasp at the first thing that came along. He wanted to know what it was that God wanted for him. And he didn't sense that what was being offered to him was what God had for him. And it was interesting. Some years ago, I was out of work, and I was out of work for about six months. And I said to someone, "Um, it would be great if we just knew how long we're going to be out of work and what the future held. And I got a very sympathetic reply, was that, yeah, God does stretch us, and then a bit. And that's part of us growing in God, isn't it? That's part of us growing and trusting in him and having faith in him. So we need to have that sense of God's calling. God's placed us where we are for a reason. Anyway, back to Jeremy. um, There was a job that he did feel that God was calling him to, but... um, the company that he was looking to go to had a very dubious reputation. And his Christian friends, they, they questioned the wisdom of joining such a company. It seemed like a bit of a recipe for disaster and would put pressure on Jeremy. But Jeremy could sense the opportunity was there and that God was calling him to that. And he wanted to make sure that they knew the kind of person that he was getting. So if ethical issues did come up, he could make his stand. He, he could tell them. So he wrote on his CV that he was a Christian. And when he had his interview, and he saw the boss, he said, I want you to know that I'm a Christian. So I tried to have high ethical, moral, and legal standards. Um, interesting, the, co- the owner made no comment at all. Perhaps he felt that his company did have those values or perhaps he was just completely unaware of how his company was viewed um, in the outside world and of course Jeremy knew that if you join an organization it takes a long time to change culture and for people's views to change but he was still convinced that this was the place for him to go but he was anticipating that he would be challenged but in fact the challenge Came a lot earlier than he was anticipating. Um, it was on his first day. And the boss wanted to do something that to Jeremy was not only unethical and immoral, but that was downright illegal. And everyone around him said, Well, you won't change the boss's mind, he's going to do it. And that's it. Well, he stuck to his guns, and things didn't change overnight. But with that determination and persistence, the boss did change. And 18 months later, the the issues and the challenges keep rolling on. God doesn't promise us an easy life. In fact, he wants us to go where our light will shine brightest, where we are needed. And his daughter noticed that he was um, a bit down, a bit preoccupied. And she said to him, she said, You don't seem quite as happy these days, Dad. What's going on? And he said, well, there's a lot of issues at work at the moment, and um, I'm not sure that I can carry on there as a follower of Jesus. He said, I might have to resign. And she said, well, she said, that might be the right thing to do, mightn't it? And this is a nine-year-old. And she said, it's a bit like me at school with my friends. They don't want me to play with Ella. Everybody wants me to ignore her, but I won't do that because it's not right, is it? And they're giving me a really hard time about it. Out of the mouths of babes. Such integrity. But God had called Jeremy to that organisation and he was making a difference. People were noticing. Even the boss was changing. But there is a cost, and clearly his daughter had picked up on that cost. Evil is not easily dethroned. And our opposition isn't just against people, not just against flesh and blood, but we read in Paul's letter to Ephesians, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we are standing up to God, for God, on our front line, which is indeed a front line against evil. And Jeremy's challenge was a company where there were issues that were embedded. It was systemic, if you like. And so he's influencing the behavior of an organization. But I guess that for us, for many of us, we will see things where issues, perhaps just on a day to day basis. Things that pop up in our daily lives where we have that pang and we think that's not quite right. That's not godly. What do we do? Because God wants us to be light in the communities in which he has placed us in. Jeremy could have walked away. He didn't need to take the job in the first place. He knew it was going to be tough. He was willing to follow God's calling. He knew that Jesus was with him. And we also are called to demonstrate God's love, God's compassion and his justice wherever we are. And I wonder what we do when there's a, a succulent morsel of gossip going around that we hear quite juicy what what do we do when that's going around the sports club or around our community or whatever what happens when someone in the family is being blamed for something it wasn't their fault someone else did it do we say it wasn't like that she didn't need that in that way what do we do when the wrong person is getting the blame at work or when someone's not getting the credit that's due to them do we stand up for them? God hates lies and God loves the truth. But that doesn't mean to say it's always easy to stick up for truth, does it? I, was, I heard of a situation recently where um, there's a lot of stuff going on on um, social media about a particular school, not in this area I might add, about the head. And what do you do if you're in the group and you notice this? Well, the person concerned actually went to didn't participate, actually went and saw the head teacher and understood exactly what was going on. But there's the opportunity to say, well, actually, that's not been my experience. And there might be something more to it. You might only be seeing half the story. It's good to stand up. And that's what we're called to do, isn't it? Stand up and breathe God's kingdom here on earth. When we say the Lord's prayer, We read in that, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that down to us? To bring those heavenly qualities, those heavenly values into the community that God has placed us in. And so pray about it. The Holy Spirit will nudge you where you're to give voice. He knows best, but one thing that we should not do and that is prevaricate or evade the issues And it's difficult when there are big issues that stand up, big issues, big challenges, where there are issues in our neighborhood perhaps, and we feel that we have to stand up for things. Such situations require courage and tact to resolve. So if we turn to God's word, we can see that um, even when we know that something is wrong, we well, might not go in all guns blazing. It's probably best not to. And you might recall in the book of Samuel that King David commits adultery with Bathsheba. And when his attempts at a cover-up fail, he arranges for the murder of her loyal officer husband, Uriah. David acted as kings do. He told people to do things, and there was no one there at that time to say to him, whoa, do you think this is right? David sent Joab, one of his commanders, out to war. He didn't go. David sent someone to find out about Bathsheba when he'd seen her. He sent messages to get Bathsheba. David sent word to Joab to send me her husband, Uriah. And Joab sent a note back with Uriah, saying to Joab, put him where the fighting's, he assist and then withdraw the troops so that he is killed. And Joab sent a note to David with a full account. And then David had people go out and bring Bathsheba to him. David is acting as kings often act. They're not accountable to do anything to anyone. And they can do exactly what they want, really. They use whatever they've got, including the people to their own ends, and nobody stood up to David. So, God can see this, and God doesn't leave it as it is. So God sends the prophet Nathan to confront David. Nathan needs to be wise in this. He will be well aware that David has already killed Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. So if he gives him bad news that he doesn't like, what could happen to Nathan? Could he be killed too? But God wants to get David back on track. He has plans for David. God, David has acted badly and God wants to draw him back. So God works hard to get David's attention. So we'll turn to God's word and we'll read from 2 Samuel 12 verses one to six. it doesn't come up, okay, So 2 Samuel 12 verses one to six. The Lord said, sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb. He had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now traveler came to the rich man but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead He took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. So that is Nathan has gone in and presented the case. He doesn't go in stomping around in his size 14s. Well, I don't know what size Nathan's feet were, but he went in um, tactfully. If he'd gone straight in and addressed him as a husband, said, how would you feel if someone was doing this to one of your wives or had said, look, this is what the 10 commandments says. This is what Moses law says that you should not commit adultery, you should not murder. I wonder how receptive David would have been to that approach. I doubt that he would have taken what Nathan had to say on board. When God confronts David through Nathan, God isn't doing it to condemn him. He's doing it out of love. He's doing it to liberate him from his guilt. And David might not even be aware of it, But his guilt has put a barrier, his sin has put a barrier between him and God. And the truth will set him free. So he needs to own up to what he's done. So Nathan uses what is a parable to point out David's sin. But we don't always find the right words, do we? Nathan's words were perfect, but sometimes for us we become tongue-tried, and perhaps there are people who we think we know that they are good with arguments. I will never win against them. God doesn't ask us to win, He asks us to make the case and just to talk to them. And sometimes we won't win, and it might take a long time before. The person realises our job is not to win a case, we're not fighting to win something, but to run the flag of truth up the flagpole. David has wealth beyond measure. He has power, he has authority, yet he has stolen the wife of one of his officers and had that officer murdered. But he hasn't cottoned on to the fact that this parable is about him. So David's anger burns against the man who has done this. And so we pick up the story again in Samuel 12. And we read from verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. I suspect Nathan took a bit of a gulp as he uttered those words. What was the reaction going to be? So Nathan said, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Interesting, isn't it, that sin despises God. All that is good. We're actually saying, well, I know better. I can do it my way. So in sinning, we are despising God and putting that barrier up before him. But the message has gone home to David and in verse 13, David says to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He recognizes what he's done. A sinner is redeemed. He has repented. Not even kings are above being accountable to God. David's relationship with God is restored but there will be severe consequences for what David has done. And there are consequences for all of us who sin. Sin is not without its consequences. When Nathan approached David and when he told him God's words for him and he gave him that parable, David knew that there was no hidden agenda with Nathan. He wasn't trying to beat him down. There was no personal enmity. In fact, we can see back further in Samuel, in chapter 7, that Nathan actually brings God's blessing to David, and he says, but my love will never be taken away from him. That is David. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So he passes on God's blessing to David. So... David can see that Nathan's actions are pure. His only desire is to glorify God, to restore David's relationship with God. As we are mouthpieces for truth and justice, we are saying there is a better way. There is God's way and we need to speak out with the right motivation. And we can be mouthpieces wherever we are in the communities that God's placed them in, whether that be in the bowls club, golf club, whether it's as we've done here, that we decide that we would become a fair trade organization. Then we can mention that if they're not, or if there are issues that are impacting locally, we can write to our MPs. People might not pay attention the first time we raise these issues, or even the second and third. But we know that over time, people will come to acknowledge it and they will see that this is what is right. And we know that last week we had a couple talking to us. And they were talking, that it was taking five years for them to build up relationships with people so they could have these discussions with them. And that's what being a mouthpiece for truth and justice means. It reminds, reminds us all of who we are. It dethrones the, those powers that try to reduce us to less than God created us to be. And when we see injustice, something within us will recoil, because we, as God's people, are filled with the Holy Spirit, and there will be something that the Holy Spirit will recoil at. And we might think, well, what can we do? It's only little old me. But no, it's not. It's little old me with the power of the Holy Spirit inside me so i wonder as we think where is there untruth or injustice on your front line there is a time to speak the truth with grace i pray the lord will give you wisdom to know that time and the courage to speak amen there are some questions hopefully will appear. No? Where are the places on your front line where God is calling you to be his mouthpiece for truth and justice? Pray for God's wisdom in how to speak about these issues. What will you say or do to be God's mouthpiece?
1: It's, as he he's said, it's he's been, he's been a lot while since he's preached. We he did really, really good. So, Indeed. hope you enjoyed that and got something uh, out of that. And those questions maybe got you thinking.
2: Indeed. Um, yeah, let us know, they anything down below if you want to share anything with us. It's been lovely to see uh, some stuff in the chat yes. um, already. Um, so, it's really encouraging to see you guys praying for those environments that you're in and praying yeah. for your front lines um, already and how you can be in those places. Um, so that's really encouraging uh, for us to read so thank you for sharing that with
1: us so i'm guessing for most of us there's not some big injustices that we need to speak up against in our day-to-day lives on our front lines i'm guessing that for most of us a bit like adrian shared at the beginning um it's dealing with gossip or people speaking badly about others people making judgments or assumptions that are based on on nothing we have a, a a town facebook group which oh. is full of this stuff oh my, oh, my goodness word. me it's almost as if people say something like they're throwing a hand grenade and see yeah. what what response uh, they get so i'm yeah. guessing maybe we could chat about some ways in which on our front line we can maybe help yeah with those things rather than because i think it's so easy to get sucked into joining in yes yeah
2: yes because you don't want to be that person you don't want to be that person who's you know making life difficult, and then doesn't get invited to the things. And then because we, I start reasoning with myself. I don't know about you, mm. but well, actually, you work for a church, so maybe not quite the same. Whatever. I oh, know
1: every frontline is the same. Every every, front line, we think Christian front lines are going to be better, but Christian yes, front lines so are for the people. And but,
2: um, yeah, when yeah. I think about my when um, I think about my work, I think about oh, if I start speaking up about that, they're going to start excluding me from that. So therefore, I won't be able to be. The light and the darkness, oh. because I won't be invited. Um, you
1: don't want to be like a goody-two-shoes or a killjoy.
2: Exactly. So it's, yeah. finding, it's all about finding that balance, mm. um, and that doesn't mean staying quiet, because Jesus didn't stay quiet. Right. Um,
1: no.
2: And actually, you know, but he got
1: killed. I'd rather not that happened to me. He
2: did, but he also had, <laughs> you know, until you know those that last week, he had a, a following that was massive, and people wanted to know what was, yeah. was and he was speaking out. And yeah, you had the religious types who didn't like him. Um, but actually, your general person around yeah. that time was interested, knew there was something about this guy. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't afraid to speak up. Um, yeah. And so I think sometimes it's a we need to get over ourselves and our own insecurities. Um, do you, do you sometimes. reckon
1: sometimes we don't say something because we want to be liked by certain people Ooh, yeah, rather than those people? So Jesus wasn't liked by the the religious people the people in charge he was liked by the people who were often pushed to one side and and gossiped against um and maybe in our situation we don't speak up because we want to be liked by those popular people by those people who are in charge rather than the people that are maybe we're called to support and and look after and speak up for
2: exactly so i'm um not quite middle management but you know that sort of there are people above me and people below me at work and I very much, you know, should be standing up for the people below me, probably more than I do. Mm. But I'm too conscious of the people above me still liking me in that role. So they might be mm. scope for me to then carry on. Um, and so, again, it's about finding that actually my role at the moment is about supporting these guys, you know, about supporting my team and working with them, making sure that they're looked after. And actually, if I'm not doing my job properly because I'm so conscious of my job, mm. then actually that's not doing my job properly. So therefore, they're not going to want to keep me in that job. And so, actually, it's you know about yeah. making sure that we are we are in those places and saying what needs to be said because we're called to maybe on a job level, but definitely on a faith level.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get some people who are whistleblowers, yes, who end up losing their jobs because they speak out. But I think for the majority of us, it's 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 not something to lose a job over. It's about what do you join in? Yeah, with are you joining in with the. Uh, the com the negative conversations that spiral downwards those picking on someone that maybe yeah. uh, is is the awkward person because you normally you gossip you 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 talk badly about someone who deserves it most of the yeah. time but actually we're called not to do that yeah and and by not doing that then ev- even by refraining then that can be a big thing yeah. but even more if we start to pick up on their positives and start saying actually yeah that's they're really good at this or have you noticed this and start to yeah. build them up rather than you we know, are so easily knock people down don't we yeah
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah and Daz uh, a few weeks ago it spoke about positive gossip which i found positive
1: gossip yes found a
2: really interesting concept and actually i really was like this is great mm. um and actually which sounds if you don't well it sounds really like that's not a thing you can't gossip positively yeah. but it's about saying like you know if you're for example in those conversations or even not in those conversations, just generally we're like did you know so and so is really good at this or if you're in one of those conversations where everyone's you know having a go at someone but like oh can you believe they did that and oh they did this and oh they did that <laughs> like, yeah but they also did this do you know like they did that really well um yeah. and actually it's about still being within those conversations and still being in those circles yeah but actually putting that positive spin and actually like in the same way that gossip leaks out. Actually, we can do that with positive stuff as well. Um, mm. news travels. I reckon
1: um, when you first do it when you first do that, I reckon you get all this awkward silence where you yeah. go. They've been really having a go at this person. You say something positive, you're like Yeah. Anyway
2: Anyway, <laughs> but if nothing else, maybe it moves conversation on and away from it.
1: Yeah. And and actually I think Ian picked this up in his talk, says, you know, you're not there necessarily to change the situation yeah. change to put you're just there to stand up for truth and justice yeah. and you may never see the impact of that but that's not on you what's on you is is you speaking truth speaking yeah. justice speaking love I love Paul in the chat said Paul love covers a multitude of sins yeah and that's what we're called to do is called to demonstrate love but also to speak love and be loving yeah. to people that's what we're called to do And if nothing else changes, at least you've done that.
2: That
0: was today's episode of the Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us Got questions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.